Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. Mary Jane. Hi, Mike. How's your life going? It's going so great. Yeah? Yeah, I'm having a wonderful day. Me too. Yeah? Yeah. Great. I, I'm going to close my door so you can't hear my fridge. Oh, yeah, your fridge is so fucking loud. Yeah. Hang on. My fridge is super broken. It is? Yeah, it's annoying. What happened? I don't know. It just like sticks to itself, and every time I open it, it's like ripping a band aid off. I don't even know. It oh, doesn't matter. Oh, that is true. It's a drag. Yeah. All right. I feel like, I feel like they should fix that for you. Who's they? Like the apartment folk. There's no apartment focus, just me. I, I fix my own shit. Really? Yeah. Oh, I have. I think that's why I love an apartment, because I'm so not handy. So I love when I don't have to take care of anything. Oh, I hate having people come into my apartment to fix anything, and I only want to take care of it myself ever. Really? Yep. Oh, okay. I get that. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. I mean, it's also like, as a woman, just like, I don't know, having like strange because contractors are generally like men you don't know right I think I just I'm, I'm always like I can you know like unclog that drain or whatever rather than having some like dude in my space yeah. that I don't know absolutely you know especially That's when every movie TV show story on Lifetime yeah kind of involves that contractor it's like that guy who came over and then mm-hmm. things took a turn for the worse yeah next thing you know you're like what is that blinking red light under my toaster dude Ah, I read a really scary story a long time ago called The Master Builder. I think it was called The Master Builder about a guy who like just built, he was a contractor remodeling an apartment and she came back to the apartment after it was remodeled and just realized the whole place just felt like a little different, but she couldn't figure out what it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, uh, like a long, you know, many pages later, you find out that he just built himself into the apartment. Like he built all the walls out one foot so that he had a crawl space behind every <gasps> wall. And he was just living behind the walls in her apartment watching her. No! <laughs> no! Yeah. Oh so I don't God. like contractors. Yeah, no shit. Coming into my house. Oh, God. Yeah. That's too spooky. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you have closets. I, you know? Yeah. I've been checking my closets and my ceilings a lot since we saw that movie over the weekend yeah hereditary scary spaces yep fuck off that goddamn thing fucked me up you know that night i did sleep with my light on did you really yeah i mean we saw the 12 30 showing so you know it was going to be light soon anyway yeah yeah i slept with the light on because i walked in here and like it's pitch black because i never leave my lights on when i leave good and it's like every corner every closet's open everything is like uh-huh yeah i came home and i feel very fortunate to live with animals because i feel like they'll alert me always and you know like if any real or imagined anything is happening at the door or anywhere in my apartment you know they'll, they'll both kind of like be ready to protect me mm-hmm. and so i came home and they were both feeling fine and there was nothing to be scared about but i still did like sage the whole apartment and like check the corners not just like at eye level but also up uh, near the ceiling hell yes because that shit scared the fuck out of me and there's so many scary moments in there and oh it's terrifying it's so scary i want to see it again so much i know well okay uh two things one is i definitely believe uh your pets could uh register ghosts oh like, for sure i think that they would know if there was something spooky lurking around 100 percent. so that's good number yep. one mm-hmm. two my bed is right next to my window uh-huh. and i usually like sleep facing my window because i love that cool summer breeze coming through you know mm-hmm. but all i could think about these past two nights is like a like a ghoul like <gasps> raising up into my window and looking into it and Ooh. i just couldn't deal with like sleeping with my blinds open so you did but you don't want to put your back to that though i know i'm, I'm i don't know i'm sleeping in my bathtub what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> i mean i've had some like a, like an arm dangling off the bed where i've like had to like retract that and put it all the way under the covers oh yeah and, like yeah i feel well, very you know you scary. go wrap tight under the sheet oh I'll, i need the burrito wrap <laughs> <laughs> i need the tuck-in totally which by the way it is a luxury item if you do want a tighter wrap it's an extra dollar surcharge because i am building this uber uh based drunk stoned system i don't know i'm i'm, I'm trying to make money tucking 
fucks in. It was a <laughs> the the fuck tucking service. The fuck tucking service. It was a hit when you talked about it. Yeah, you were like, you'll brush your teeth, you'll brush teeth, mm-hmm. you'll tuck in, mm-hmm. you'll maybe put a bur- burrito in the fridge for the next day. Absolutely. Yep. Totally. And I'll leave a, leave a nice note saying, hey. You paid for this service. Everything is fine. There's a burrito in the fridge. I mean you no harm. Love, Mike. That's not scary at all. Yeah, I don't think so. Because you, like, put it on the fridge, you know, and put a little, like, lipstick kiss on it. That's nice. Yeah, a little mint. People want that. I I have a bit of an agenda at the beginning of this episode. Okay, this is a fucking exciting episode, so let's let's get to it. Okay, so here we go. I've got some big fucking news that happened tonight while we're recording. The person who made our theme song, Jesse Case. Yeah. He just won a Jeff Award for Best Original Music in a Play for Foxfinder at the Chicago Theater Awards. What? Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. He won Best Original Fucking Music for a play for all of Chicago Theater. Fucking amazing. And Chicago is like the biggest fucking theater town in like, it's Chicago, New York, LA. That's it. And That's not it. even LA. It's Chicago, New York. Yeah, that and is like it. like Toronto. <laughs> right. Fuck, Jesse. Congratulations. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't met him. Oh, I can't wait. Dashing man, wonderful family, talented hands and mind. Totally. Oh my God, that's huge. Yeah, it's huge. So rad. Yeah. So uh, what a great night for him. Amazing. How do you feel about Anthony Bourdain? Um, fuck. It's weird. I don't even know how to talk about it. And I think so many people are talking about it. I feel like I kind of don't want to talk about it. Okay. You know, in a way, like uh, I was in Santa Barbara with my sister on <clears throat> on Friday when... Uh, you know, we woke up and she just like had gotten me breakfast and we were sitting out on this beautiful balcony looking out at the ocean and having sister time and we'd had a beautiful dinner the night before and we were just hanging out and I guess she looked on Facebook or something and she said, Anthony Bourdain died. And I don't think she expected it to hit me as hard as it it did. Right. And I was just so surprised and stunned. And um, yeah, took the day to process drove back from Santa Barbara to Los Angeles and um, honestly really glad to like come back and and see you and have dinner with you and talk about it with you. Yeah. We went to Animal Restaurant, my favorite restaurant probably in the world that I've ever been to. It's my comfort, whether I'm sad, whether I'm happy, it's Animal. And we ate a ton of crazy offal, drank a bunch of wine. Pictures are going to be on the Instagram. And I think the wonderful thing about Animal that felt great to me is we get there and it's jam-packed like it always is but there's two seats at the bar in the corner open which is the best seat in any house as far as i'm concerned give me that corner seat and then we order a bunch of shit from the menu because it's shared plates so we get like uh uh sweetbreads duck confit chicken liver pate chicken liver pate right a bottle of wine and then we immediately step outside and pull out the vape and just start <laughs> vaping our and asses got, off. And got like kicked out of the front smoking area. The hostess came out and was like, can you guys just like move down the street a little? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even see her through the cloud. Like I was like, oh my gosh, there's someone here. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good way to commemorate uh, a fucking amazing guy who had a life very fucking well lived fullest to the furthest reaches of every corner mm-hmm. and the depth of every fucking, you know, bottom. And, uh, he is an incredible fucking writer and that will live on forever. So fucking sorry for anyone who really knew him and loved him because that's the thing. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. You know, they're going to miss him so much. So on that topic, you know, I love a good conspiracy theory and Reddit has been popping off with theories that he was murdered by Harvey Weinstein's people and globalists and Alex Jones has all of this information that he won't release yet, but he has sources on sources on sources on sources all confirming that Anthony Bourdain was murdered. But he won't release it yet, but he has it. And he's just waiting for the right time to release the information. I was so tired of all those people. I just hope they all go away and be quiet soon. Alex Jones, like, I just, I don't, I don't want to hurt him. I just want to, like, smack him, mm. you know? Yeah. Like, smack him with a hard hand to, I don't know. I just want those people to wake up. Like, stop. Stop yeah. it. Stop. How do you make them stop? You're behaving badly, and you need to stop. I don't know. I just feel like, you know, Alex Jones is protected, and, you know, all these fucking... B- people with their fucking bully pulpits are protected but i just hope that they all get smacked or slapped or 
kicked in the nads or whatever the fuck it is that makes them stop. Would you go with palm or back of hand? When I was a kid, there was a strap in my school, which was like a rubber fucking, and you had to, if oh, you Oh, that was more intense than, I got spanked a lot. Yeah. Like a lot, but I never got stopped hit with a strap or anything the strap you had to go to the principal's office and retrieve the strap and bring the strap back for your own punishment oh my god that's a long walk 1980s (laughs) newfoundland and it was only the boys i was never strapped yeah but uh that's what i fucking hope like you know nothing lethal i don't want anyone to be tortured or waterboarded or anything that these people would advocate for other people but i want you to be hurt yeah so that you stop yeah i want tommy lauren to like stub her toe so badly that she goes blind for a minute mm-hmm. and for that toes tub to be delivered by like me <laughs> yeah yeah like you put the cinder block in front but of I her can't. stride but i can't advocate for no I, I don't think I you're just can't. I, I just want people to stop i don't think you're legitimately ad- advocating for violence no, like I'm what not. i'm hearing is not you being like fight fire with fire what you're saying is like stop stop my big problem with that is that not with what you said, but with people like Alex Jones, is one, I love to watch it. I love the fodder of it. I love to be informed about all of that nonsense, but I would never share it. I would never regurgitate it. I would never speak it as truth. I'm just blown away at the smooth, subliminal like craft of what he does. Because he never says anything, but he says so much fear-based verbiage while saying nothing at all that I'm fascinated by it. So yeah, it's entertainment for you or it's yeah. material for you. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's it informs your uh, some your world somehow as a as an artist or a thinker, yeah. but not in a way that you're believing it. No. I need them to stop for the people who are believing it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, obviously the fucking main people that we need to stop are the people who are actually really running the show. Yeah. And we can't Mensa. make them stop. I know. <laughs> Mensa. Mensa and the Illuminati. <laughs> Guys, stop. Like, this is where we take a turn and we're like, <laughs> I know, it's not Alex Jones, it's the Illuminati. Look, yes, the lizard people are in charge. Am I a Rockefeller? I'm trying. I'm trying. I am trying so hard. <laughs> this, I didn't mean for the podcast to get political, but I do love the idea of both of us like then like drawing a pentagram on the table and being like this is what it's all about (laughs) this hereditary i'm just i've got some fingernail clippings and a couple of locks of hair let's just cast a real quick spell real quick (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh um we have a great guest today as far as weed and grub goes i think that was the like sort of deepest uh food and marijuana knowledge and experience that we've had mm-hmm. since we started recording this yeah, with, it was a with, perfect a, storm. with another person. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, perfect storm. Caitlin Gill is our guest today. Uh, I feel, I feel like you two have a really nice connection. Caitlin was one of the first people that I saw on stage, uh, when I came to LA in a really cool show. I can't remember the name of it, but they, uh, improvised like the, uh, entire plot of a movie that they sort of remember and then they just play it out on stage and um, she was so fucking funny yeah. and I was immediately spellbound and was like who the fuck is that yeah I mean she's a headlining comedian yep she's a phenomenal writer yep dynamite cook she cooked us a like legendary meal I had leftovers from it today and my dog and cat basically climbed my body so they could have some <laughs> <laughs> That's the mark of a true fucking chef. Yep. For me, Caitlin is someone who I've seen perform stand-up dozens of times to crowds that I've never seen her before, and their jaws drop, and then she has a nice little circle around her of people who are just fawning over her, or people who make it a point to come see her perform and bring somebody new and is like, sit down and enjoy this. And either way, she... She crushes. She's that kind of person. There aren't that many uh, folks that I know who I would sort of would like maybe get me off my couch on a Tuesday night. She's one of them. 100%. Well, I just watched her at your show at Glazed, mm-hmm. which is maybe the third or fourth time I'd seen her on stage. Take the stage after Dave Chappelle and trade barbs with him as though they were old friends and have him recognize her in a way where he was sort of like growling into the mic like what who are you why don't you have what are you doing right now and she was like i'm doing this Mm -hmm. and like standing right back up to him and he was like we're gonna we're gonna talk afterwards and it was it was really cool because she was relentless and just met him at every moment and that's fucking no small 
potatoes. She got a standing ovation, and he was like, you know, you are you are ready. Yeah. You are ready. You are ready. Fuck. And she had us over and like cooked for us and smoked us out and showed us her weed plant named George mm-hmm. and like hummingbird babies in the backyard. And I was just on cloud fucking nine that whole time. It was so great. And thank you for driving because I was so high. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's a perfect pod. On to Caitlin Gill. Yeah. Uh, everybody, this is our talk with Caitlin Gill. All praise Illuminati. Oh, my God. Also, uh, subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends, people are loving it. Mm -hmm. I have two pentagrams on my wall, and they are doing a lot of heavy lifting, but it would be really great if you can just tell a friend as well. I'm going to add blood to my vision board tonight. (laughs) Oh, my God. We did not need to watch that movie. Bye. (laughs) Bye. I'm cracking a very cold Miller High Life. Enjoy that Miller High Life um, (sighs) that came from my refrigerator. A lot of things came out of the refrigerator day today, and I have made you eat all of them, but I have told you about none of them until the microphones were on, and I am... um, You ready? I have been holding back. Hell yeah. I mean... Hell yeah. Lay it on us. Okay, I called it uh, casually coursed encounter. I didn't mean to have courses, but that's the way the the palate and the timing work. I wanted to grill. I wanted to slow smoke something, so I did. Uh, Yesterday, I got a rack of ribs, and I did a rub... um, with, uh, I kind of do like equal parts salt and sugar. Controversial choice. That's a lot of sugar, but grandma likes it. Uh, <laughs> and then I threw in... What kind of sugar? Oh, this was... Um, I don't remember. It wasn't raw sugar. It had to be refined sugar, regular sugar. I used my raw sugar in something you haven't tasted yet. Oh. So regular sugar. Was it like cane, like white cane yep. sugar? White okay. sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, for the rub, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, brown sugar is also a good choice, but I didn't oh, want nice. it. Um for my, I think it. I think brown sugar leaves more flavor, and white sugar leaves more crust. Oh. And I knew I was going for a barky situation. Okay. So I went for a white sugar, lots of pink salt. That's just what's in my grinder. Uh, and then added a bunch of chili, uh, like chili powder and sage and mustard and garlic salt and I don't know, probably something else, maybe paprika and some other things. My spice rack is back there. Yeah. But uh, a bunch of dry spices that I would not keep a secret. I just told you most of them, I think. <laughs> um, in various quantities. And Wait, then rub a, that all over. What? Didn't you say earlier there was like an ingredient that... Uh, oh, that's in the guacamole. Oh, that's gua- right. I had salsa uh, that I made the other day that was I roasted some tomatillos and a tomato and an onion and uh, a jalapeno in my toaster oven because my kitchen is limited. It's- so limited. Amazing. Um, what it's you're doing. amazing. So yeah. I roasted those veggies and then threw them in my Nutribullet Hell and yes. uh, made it my favorite salsa so far in my salsa experimenting, mm-hmm. a delicious salsa verde. And then I made a, a guacamole today, which I make all the time. I am not um, controversial choice. Mm-hmm. I used a little bit of like minced onion, like spice rack minced onion, but I don't like chopped onion in my guacamole. Mm-hmm. I also do not go fresh tomato. You can. I'm not mad if you do, but I do not. Mm. Um, so just uh, uh, avocados, uh, a lemon and a lime, a bunch of cilantro, a, a chili powder, and um, a little bit of oregano, and what? then oregano. just a tiny bit, huh. like a couple, like five, ten flakes. Pinch, pinch, a serious pinch. pinch. Yeah. Don't go nuts with your pinch, but it's nice to have there. And then cumin is the one that I go all bonkers with. <gasps> oh shit! And I feel like the people that are like your guacamole is the kind of guacamole I like. Then mm-hmm. I'm just put more cumin in yours. Or put cumin in yours if I you don't. don't. Yeah. I've never heard the oregano tip. Yeah. I feel like oregano hangs out in a lot more Mexican, cu- Mexican cuisine than I realized. Huh. Um, Did not know But that. then I started hunting for it when I was eating stuff. And I was like, there you are. You are in that marinade. You are in that rub. Yeah. Um, Just a little earth. Titch. Mm. Yeah. It's kind of, um, I mean, the avocados are so creamy and dense. It adds a nice, I mean, something. Yeah. It's an earth. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's why I throw so much sage into the pork. That's why sage is so good with pork, because it's so fucking dirty. And pork is so sweet that when you let them hang out together, it's like, oh, we get this. We know how to do this at Mm. once. Mm -hmm. I like it. Yeah. Um, So that's what you ate first with a bunch of tortilla chips. I live near a super A market, which if you do, then fucking go to it. Because you eat their tortillas and their tortilla chips, which are wildly cheap. And I cannot possibly finish the quantity that they sell Everything is family sized and two people and a dog live here. So <laughs> I end up buying a lot more. I make a lot of chilaquiles. That's what I'll say. Ooh. Um, but yes. So that's what I put out first. And then I've been smoking some chicken thighs, um, which I skinned and boned. Uh, cho- I made choices. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have boned them. 
because I was slow smoking. Maybe I shouldn't have. They were a lot easier to chop. I'm going to say they were a lot e- right? easier to handle afterwards. <laughs> like, I get why you keep the bone in, and there's, like, uh, juiciness yes. and a little more flavor. But and I, they, they, they lay so flat when you bone them mm-hmm. that um, they just had time to get so tiny in there. It was it's uh, The bone would have kept them. It would have been a different kind of smoked chicken. Um, not, not, I'm not saying it would have been better or worse, but I'm curious, maybe I should have done half of them that way just to see. It was very tasty. Yeah. So my dad came up with this chicken like a long time ago and I think it was Lark when he did it, but it was such a hit. My dad cooks a lot. That's how I learned to cook is accidentally by being in the kitchen while he was cooking. Um, and we'd all eat and that part of eating with my father, the man who cooked for you is at some point telling him how good the food is. Um, it's just part of the ritual. I like this part of the food, Dad. I like mm-hmm. this thing you did with the food, Dad. I like. So I became, you know, I didn't realize it, but I've been breaking apart meals since I've eaten meals because somebody is at the end of the table looking at me like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> and he would admit it. He would look at. He'd be at the end of the table. Yes, I was waiting for people to tell me. I just worked for hours. Yes, I was waiting for someone to tell me it's good. So he came up with this chicken marinade that is. Um, Usually one orange, three lemons, three limes, big handful of cilantro, a couple garlic cloves, bunch of cumin, um, uh, chili powder, uh, anything you throw in a salsa, and uh, or any spice you throw in a salsa. And then you can't marinate it for more than like 45 minutes or an hour because it is just fucking citrus juice. It's cooking your chicken as soon as you start, but then you, I toss it in the smoker instead of the grill. I usually grill that high temp. It's good with a char, but I mm. thought good with a char. Good with a smoke. How do you smoke? How did you smoke this chicken? So uh, I moved a couple months ago and bonus to this place, beautiful barbecue outside, and it has a little sidecar. So I lit a huge stack of coals in a, it was indirect heat the whole time. So all the smoke was blowing in and the, the barrel next to it was, it stayed at about 250. I started it like many, like eight hours ago-ish. Uh, so You said like 930 in the morning. Yes. Yeah. 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 Wow. So I just started it up. So they sat, everything sat at 250 for hours so it got there real slow um i have done ribs like this but kept them very tightly wrapped for most of the cooking time and when you do that it turns extra juicy and soft but i pulled off the tin foil like i had them wrapped in foil i pulled it off after a few hours couple hours and just built a really nice bark that i'm very happy with and it's this like very like it isn't chewy or dry but it, it has a nice bite and taste to it it's not slippery fall apart I've made ribs where you can slide the bone out. You can't slide these bones out. And I was like, oh, no, did I make you guys tough ribs? And then I took a bite, and I was like, oh, no, no, I did not. No, no, I made beautifully smoked ribs. Smoked meat's just different. Uh huh. I also made beans, which God I've never done. I soaked some pink beans, and then I seasoned them a bunch. And then I like serious eats, and their tip was throw in all your stuff with acid later, so I threw in some, like, you know, saucy stuff later. Oh, mm-hmm. that's interesting. I didn't know that trick. Little yeah. Kenji Lopez. Yeah, yeah, I love that dude. I'm a big uh, Cooks Illustrated girl. If you are in need of my restroom and need some reading material, what all you will find is Cooks Illustrated. <laughs> it's like a huge magazine rack. Where, like, the centerfold is a whisk. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, it, like, yes, yes, I'll get there with the whisk. It's fine. Yeah. Are you talking about that whisk from uh-huh. January 93? Because it's bet. in the... Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They have like hand drawn, like you know, Asian dumplings or vegetables of the like Northwest, and the yeah, it's hilarious. I love that magazine. Uh-huh. Um, but he's from there uh, and now writes with less uh, Vermont stodgy. Uh, I love the stodge. I'm saying that affectionately, mm-hmm. but serious eats is more relaxed. Um, I always take the recipes and we'll try it for real once or modify it slightly if I don't have the time. But they're serious, um, so this is close to. And I think it needed another hour, but it's delicious. It's got um, some chicken stock and water and spices and onion. I can tell you the spices, but I feel like people get bored. Uh, <laughs> the ones you'd guess. Um, and uh, I don't like green pepper, so I didn't add it. Ah. But, uh, some jalapeno and uh, garlic and then uh, the beans and then the liquid and then all the acid an hour later, like a bunch of – did a little ketchup, I think. I have a spicy ketchup that I like, so I did that and uh, – the old apple cider vinegar, and yep. some mustard, and some honey, and a bunch what? of brown sugar. This is such a complicated, amazing recipe for uh, great beans. Into the pot later, and then they sat around for what I'd hoped was four hours, and it was. I think I tried to boil them too hard because I was worried they wouldn't be done, and I should have just turned it down and let it simmer. But I like them. I'm yeah. happy. Just stuff I would do different next delicious. time. I've never done it, so I'll do it again. <sighs> They're really good. Yep. 
And the barbecue sauce. Oh, and the barbecue sauce. I was very happy with that. Is just the spicy ketchup, apple cider vinegar, honey brown sugar, and then um, a couple spices. But then I threw a blood orange in there, and I was very happy with what it did. I juiced some oranges, mm. so that was nice. Mm. And there is, as I mentioned, of course, you have not tasted, of some strawberries in the fridge. And I made a blood orange curd yesterday because I had these blood oranges that were just sitting around. I had to get that imperfect produce thing, and they sent me some of those. And uh, I needed to use them, so I made a curd. So I was going to drizzle that. And, yeah, I did put some brown sugar and some yogurt earlier. Listen, I had I, I had the time, so I did. So you haven't had that yet. But anyway, that was the grub part of uh, my participation in the Weed and Grub foodcast. A uh, foodcast now. Yep, that's what we it is. We should have taken questions course by course, but now if anybody <laughs> wants to throw in here, that was all the shit I decided to throw at you when you walked in. And smoking uh, Purple Princess. Purple Princess. Yeah, I like it. I'm kind of mm-hmm. usually an indica gal, but I liked this one. Um, one of my favorite phrases, um, and I'll give him credit. It's from Billy Wayne Davis. Uh, I like a loud smell. Uh, and this one <laughs> announces itself. I like it. I usually shop with the nose. I'm in it for the flavor. Fuck yeah. Also, he's a great comic. He is a great comic. Yeah. You know, he's a good dude. Thumbs up for that guy. Yeah. Oh, God damn it. I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> yeah, like, you I kind stuffed of you like with a bunch of food. Me, yeah, it was like the, a dizzying menu that um, was so satisfying. How and do you make ribs? I've never done it. Really? I did it once when I was taking like classes, mm-hmm. but um, I haven't done it since. And I don't know that I would feel confident in serving them until I tried it like at least four times. Oh, no way. I think so. No way. That's so funny. Ribs really? are like primitive as it all get out. But yeah. don't you, you feel like you have to perfect something before serving it to people? Mm, well, I think what it is is the same thing that you were saying about how you were like, oh, shit, I'm going to serve them tough ribs. Oh, right. And so it's like if I'm going to do something for eight hours, I want to do it alone first fair that is totally fair i screw up big cups of beef more than i care to admit for someone like i don't eat meat all the time i just served you a bunch of it because i don't eat it all the time Mm -hmm. um and it it breaks my heart when i like overcook something that like you were alive i was here to worship you and you were going to give me energy that i'd use to do something good that's the only way i can justify this i didn't hunt you with my hands the least like the most honor i could possibly give you is to prepare you adequately and i failed at that task I hate overcooking meat or ruining meat somehow. And I have ruined some large cuts of beef Yeah, Mm. by not trusting it, by not trusting that low temperature over time cooks food. Like, I'll just make it get too hot, and then I have a husk of what was once delicious if I had just fucking trusted it to cook. They paid me. Those ones, I remember. Oh, that one tri-tip. I'm sorry, that one tri-tip. But sometimes (laughs) making something really, speaking of tri-tips, sometimes making something insanely hot for a minute is the perfect way to do it. Because with tri-tip, I remember my sister had her grill up against a wooden fence, (laughs) and um, she was grilling some awesome tri-tip, and the whole fucking fence caught on fire. And you know what? After we put it out, the tri-tip was like perfectly cooked. Perfect. Yeah, it was those hard perfect. sears. Yes. Yep. Yeah, you have options. You're gonna, you just have to know what you're doing with high heat or low heat. But yeah, if it's your fence, mm-hmm. then use it quick because you are going to want to pay attention to the fence. <laughs> you're going to want that fence. Like, but it's, yeah, it was, what a, it was an exciting dinner. What an awful thing to have to feel like you have to do every time you cook tri-tip just because it went so well. Yes. <laughs> we have to move. Why? I'm serving tri-tip Friday. Ah, no. <laughs> What happened to the fence? Like, it was just the fence. Just the fence. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. All right. But she does live in a wooden house. <laughs> so it was scary. It's a learning experience. Yes. Wait, is her house made of fence? <laughs> no. I mean, sort of. sort of. Not, no. It's made of shingles. So no. <laughs> yeah. Did this backwards. I know it's weed and grub, and we talk grub all up front, but... You know what? We're gonna we're gonna uh, edit this. Excellent. And really just flip it, flip it. Just play it backwards, literally. <laughs> oh, see what subliminal we'll messages that's I've great. accidentally included in. <laughs> see what cumin is backwards. <laughs> it's, it's Nimuk. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I can't do that. Good job. Good job. I can't do any of that. I just made a noise and really hoped it passed. Thank you. Thank you very much. Do you remember when you started loving weed? Like, do you, can you remember the time when you're like, I love this. Yeah, I mean, I started when I was like 12, but I think I meant it when I was like middle of high school. Mm. So like 15 to 17 really solidified an opinion. I got, well, okay. So where, can I ask where you grew up? Napa. Okay. Oh, um, fuck. Yeah. So he was like the world's greatest weed 
it's very beautiful and there's terrific weed mm-hmm. uh so i got good stuff very quickly from both sonoma mendocino mm-hmm. and later humboldt uh but uh when i was a, a little kid all the typical easy stuff parents divorce blah 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 there's more complicated ones it's a lighter podcast than that i got really good at deleting memories and then i got a little older and cannabis got me really good at deleting memories but it also like smoothed me out made me a little happier and more social and more engaged and feeling better and then i made friends and i wanted to keep my memories and i figured out that i could like have cannabis and like be a human which was really nice and i've just always liked cannabis i never i like having it around um so mm-hmm. yeah for a minute it's been it gives and it takes it's been a dark tool i have abused its beautiful powers but for the most part our relationship is pretty splendid i really like it so i'm eager to actually like put my hands and in work into it like i've been smoking other people's labors for 25 years it'd be nice to put the work in myself and learn how to do it for myself so that's exciting. Mm-hmm. I honestly didn't even think about it with legalization because I still lived in rented places. Yeah. And like, I don't feel cool with that. Like I, I've rented from a couple big companies, but for the most part, my landlord lives upstairs or whatever. I don't want to snatch somebody's grandparents building. They moved here. They bought like, that'd be fucked up to ruin something like that for someone because laws suck. And I was like, well, I want a new plant in my closet. <laughs> I don't mean to do that. If you're doing that, I'm not making fun of you. <laughs> I it, I had my own shit about it. Don't if your shit's cool, do that. Your yeah. plants Congratulations. are beautiful. Thank you. They're fucking gorgeous. I almost want to plop it on the table because you know everything about it. It's so frosty, and the orange hairs are all like perfectly erect. If I pull it, it out, looks like a plant that's just bursting to come. Like it's just like. <laughs> Will you tell me what I did right and what not to do next time if I go get it and tell you what I did to it? I'm not a grow expert at all. Okay. I've just I'm not a grow expert. Like I've but read so it. much and I've seen you so much, but I actually don't have the knowledge. It would just be me repeating what I've heard someone else say. That's how you. That's yeah. That's not. That's what knowledge is. No knowledge is. <laughs> wrote a book knowledge is when you know something (laughs) i don't know anything i just know what other people know if that makes sense yes (laughs) you know i want to know what those other people know no i'm curious uh i it's i I mean i'll look at it and talk about it no worries if it's interesting for if it's valuable content let's do it honey i'll go get it let's do it but uh i would just be curious i think this would be the first time that we've looked at a weed plant and talked about it on this yeah oh my god i would be so honored it would be so fucking cool was the first um george was a runt and it wasn't thriving and got tossed outside and was maybe a boy so i was like wait don't throw it away and then i built a bucket and george was like I'd, i'm gonna do it we named her george in case george was a boy he floats either way you know who yeah knows? of course george um, elliott yep i got suzanne and unnamed yet uh, a little girl who couldn't stand up for a while once she's standing on her own she'll have a name mm. but yeah got suzanne coming along but george has been around for a couple months and we'll we'll see i'm curious i mean oh, let's talk is. about george uh, this is on it yeah definitely the first time Absolutely. we've had access yeah. to uh live plant okay okay what uh so caitlin is talking to george right now as she gets him her her i'm sorry her yeah she just said hi honey look at how tall and strong oh hi george wow she's beautiful and she smells fucking awesome yes yeah okay so i'm gonna take a couple pictures while you two talk about it so george grew up in a bucket i have four cfl lights uh, three um, indoor, like nice sunny ones, and one terrible indoor one just to get the full spectrum, but also not subjected to that horror. I don't care what any expert says; those lights are cruel, and no plant should ever be subjected to them. Yep. But just to get the full spectrum, I did it. Uh, so three good lights to look at, and one ugly light. I just used two like sprocket adapters, dudes, yeah. and cut a hole in either side of the bucket. And the bucket height is adjustable by just cutting up other buckets and like stacking them up. And if you put, if the bucket isn't white, you just put white duct tape on the inside and then black duct tape on the outside so light doesn't get out. And George thrives. Didn't thrives. do great outside. Um, very vegetative stage got real leafy. So I had to trim pretty aggressively because like max height here is probably like 15 to 18 inches. Mm-hmm. I could add more buckets, but like I'd have to add more light bulbs lower down to get it. It'd be a crazy setup. Mm-hmm. So my approach was to like trim aggressively, which I did. So I have all of these flowers, but they are bunched up. I tried to fim. I don't know. I used my fingers to pinch off a little bit of vegetative Fimming, growth yep. so that I had two cola stems. My hope would be that it'd grow a little shorter, and it did. So I don't really even know what she is. She smells amazing. She's got a bunch of orange hairs and a bunch of white hairs. 
and a bunch of crowded ass flowers. Mm-hmm. Controversially, uh, a few weeks ago, later in her flowering than I've read, you should. I trimmed off a bunch of leaves because they were just crowding my girl. She looked bunched up. She yeah. grows in a small space. She has a three-gallon fabric bucket situation that I've put more soil in periodically because she eats it. Um, but that's small. It's all small. So I got rid of anything that wasn't crystally pretty much, and she popped up, and all the flowers got all full, and I real it wasn't a terrible decision. I don't know. What, I don't know. What did you feed her? I got these spikes. I know that the liquid food is good, but she stinks. And this stuff is mm-hmm. in a bucket in my bathroom. <laughs> I live with someone who loves me, and I'd like to not test the limits of how much <laughs> she wants to smell. Um, this is Jack Harrow, right? I think so. Okay. I got these spikes that are the right ratio I was reading about and do a slow release feeding. And I've just uh, added a couple more because it's growing a little bit longer than some of the vegetables this stuff feeds. So, yeah, I think I used 10 spikes out of eight per plant, as recommended on the package. Mm-hmm. And she ate it all up. I've added soil for about half the bag since then. So in terms of flushing, my plan was to harvest in three more weeks, maybe four. Mm-hmm. Um, and no more food. This is all she's going to get. And I think these little tiny leaves, the leaves, I know you're not looking at it, listener. Um but there's a lot of leaves still. Yeah. They're just not huge. They don't have big reach. And they're all pretty crystally. Um, I don't know. I think they're going to start to wither. Those will be the ones that are like, we're done. <clears throat> what week is this? Good question. I feel like early March is when this all started. Oh, so from seed. Yes. Maybe mid-February. I'd have to ask. I that's know long. who I could ask. That's but a I don't long know. time. Yeah, it's a long time. There's a sister to this seed that was harvested last week. But she needs longer. George was a runt. I think George just needed more time to vegetate. Mm-hmm. So the flowering's taking longer, too. And the two colas, like the highest concentration of hairs that still have white that haven't moved to orange, are definitely at the top. I think it just takes a lot of work to feed two of your biggest, horniest flowers. She's Yeah, she's getting top-heavy, which is really cool. Yes. It looks like I can And it's a frosty plant. Like, it's, it's yes. Already super frosty. It was crazy got to another watch. four weeks? I don't know. Three weeks, you said? Three or four. I was just going to wait until the hairs on top were orange. And you can kind of Are you going by the hairs, not the trichomes? To know when to harvest? (laughs) If you um, have, you know, you're looking at the trichomes with your loop, you want to harvest for, depending, I mean, you can read up on this online, but Uh uh, some people like to harvest when all of the trichomes are still clear, especially if it's a sativa, I think, to sort of like maintain that very sort of euphoric high. Yeah. When they start going amber some people like to harvest in the middle and then some people like to wait for a sort of a heavier stone i think when most of the trichomes are amber interesting is what i've read i was my time i don't know because i don't grow i was staring at these little um there's little pistoly hair dudes spitting out of each what i will call bud uh because as i i haven't grown either but as i look at what i've been puffing on forever like oh that's what it looks like when it's all puffed up and eating um Mm -hmm. I thought those were what I was supposed to watch, but I will Tricomes. ask you as I stare at a loop to point at one, and then I will watch those. They look like tiny little mushrooms. Oh, cool! They're okay, like, it's it's the frost. Oh, it's it's the, fr- it's the stuff on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. The those are the trichomes. Mm-hmm. Interesting, and that's what actually contains the psychoactive compounds. Mm. She's horny. I'm she proud is. of her. Yeah. she looks great. She was. Uh, <laughs> she wasn't going to be uh, a third, you know, not every girl for, feels proud of herself and puts herself out there. But George really has been like, hey, here I am. I'm George. I mean, you did. Like, everyone feels good after a nice haircut. Oh, yeah. You I know? hoped she would. Um, and she smells very nice. Lemony, piney. Yes. That um, nice kind of resin. Almost like cedar. Oh, yeah. There's that kind of cedar wood. I got a little bossy and um, used some dollar store uh, twist tie twine to sort of pull a few stems away from the two primary stems because I knew my yield was not going to be generous. It's a small space plant and I wanted to keep anything that looked like it might turn into something useful. But I pulled most of them out of the way so everybody could eat light. Mm -hmm. Everything's so resource limited that it's like... You know, but I'm learning that, in a different way than like watching it grow in an enormous field because it just doesn't, I can't let it sit around. It's not going to just. Yeah, but there's nothing brown. There's nothing no. unhealthy here. Everything is, looks like it's thriving. Yeah, I'm really pleased. 
And you've bound her so nicely. Yeah. It's kind of a sexy bind. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I kind of like just... Like that movie Secretary, kind of. <laughs> right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> With Gyllenhaal? Mm-hmm. It's an obedient plant. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll say it, it did not fight um, its bonds. Um <laughs> Or Shabari. We ended up at that party where a bunch of people were tied up with. I I did comedy at a weird. This is so odd that they wanted comedy, but there was like a fetish convention, like in a hotel. Okay. I forget. It's like maybe it's called some. It's called something heart. I don't remember. Uh huh. I feel bad. Fetish convention that I did that I don't remember the name of. I apologize. Yeah. Um, But Uh. it's like a con, dude. It's in a hotel. It's just in a hotel, like basement floor convention center rooms. And it's, there was, I did comedy in a room with a huge swing set up in the back and a paddling station. Are you and, listening, Vice? Yeah. Uh, and everybody, like half of the audience was dressed for play later in the night and half the audience hadn't changed yet. And then I kept my backpack on, which is how I knew I was uncomfortable. <laughs> but I wandered around <laughs> from room to room. And, like, there were different themes and lots of wrestling mats and so much going on. And everything, like, you know, every orifice, every uh, available (laughs) body part that can go into somebody else was entering and exiting at various speeds and sounds and slaps and stuff. And lots of leather and spikes and lots of people being hurt and loving it. (laughs) And, like, people who like to be watched are totally cool with me being like i just need to look at this please oh mm-hmm. i am into seeing this but that is as much of doing this as i want to do mm-hmm. and somebody has like eight inches of rubber up their butt just like awesome yeah yeah check it out <laughs> check it no get all angles right like, make sure you walk all the way around it's hot this? for me yes yeah. it's hot for me so that was cool to feel like welcome to participate at the level at which i was willing um because I don't know why I didn't. I've had weird. I've but had I have many to know, kinds like, of interesting. How were you brought to the stuff. stage? Did they say and now comedy? Well, comedy <laughs> was on the agenda. They knew comedy was happening, and it was also it was sort of like a variety show. It was a. Um, I did a show called Tourette's Without Regrets in Oakland. That if you are from the Bay Area and you haven't heard of it or gone, you should. You can go ahead and correct that. Um, first Thursday of every month at the Metro Opera House definitely changed my life and career also I'm glad I don't I can't it's it's an intense experience immersive is how I will describe the experience I used to do it every month because they have a haiku battle and I I kept winning the haiku battle so I would be a recurring guest and defeat others in the humiliating art of dirty haiku do you remember Um, any oh yeah uh hey UPS man uh Put your package in the rear. See what Brown can do for you. If I get <laughs> syllables wrong, it's because I forget. There is a version that's right. I promise. Um, I will totally, I will totally swallow, or I will swallow, or something. Uh, but you have to tell me it's donut glaze. That one works. Um, uh, let me see. Uh, oh. <laughs> My pussy is like a Georgia peach in summer, flesh around a pit. (laughs) That one is the most true haiku as it does incorporate a season. (laughs) So I used to do that show a lot, and the host of that show is how I wound up in that crazy um, uh, sex dungeon show. Um, Very cool fetish con whose name I forget. Um, But yeah, that was a fun one to me, backpack toting. Oh, no, I'm fine. But you enjoy that. That mm. looks great. What, are you getting tickled than whipped? Great. Awesome. <laughs> Have fun. Well, uh, I, I just need to picture the room that you were performing in. From the stage, could you actually see this happening while you were performing? There was someone, like, swinging in the sex swing, like, getting a little impatient. And I really appreciated that. But other than that, people were pretty, like, you know, affectionate couples, but nobody fucking while I was doing comedy. Okay. <laughs> I have also done comedy at a sex party where that was a much less... What was funny about the sex con was that this was in a hotel. So it was hotel carpet. It was hotel room, hotel lighting, hotel banquet fucking. Mm-hmm. The, like a bat mitzvah was a yes, week earlier. Yes. I also did comedy at an atheist convention, and across the hall was a Catholic high school's prom. Like, hotels are indiscriminate. They are a place where everything and nothing happens all at once. So watching people, like, bang on wrestling mats and know that, like, <laughs> tomorrow... 
like dental assistants are going to discuss the next five years in their industry in that room. I loved it. It was so funny. I did comedy at a sex party where comedy was happening in one room and people were definitely fucking in the, it was like a railroad apartment, like way down the hall. There was a lot going on. That was a weird one. That was too steampunk for me. That was why I didn't have sex there. was a Burning Man party. There are a few places. Yeah, I believe it was Burning Man. This is before I had gone, so I didn't get it, but yes. Mm. Um, I also tried to fuck at Burning Man. Most sex sex parties I've been to, I did not fuck. I failed at fucking in public almost every time I've given it a shot. Burning Man, I didn't even get through the door because of the orgy tent. No singles. Well, well, period. I never fucked at Burning Man, even though I was there in a relationship because I was too fucking high Dirty the whole time. and gross. And high. Yes. And oh. having a great time looking at art. I was high I, on the place, man. I didn't do that many drugs at Burning Man. I was just like, why? Do I, I was physically uh, changed by the environment enough to be like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. It was wild. Um, but, but, the, but the fuck? I didn't realize, like, I always avoided those sex tents because I just didn't, I was not my thing. But they I don't allow singles? 25 person camp. With yeah. 12 couples. Oh, no. Jeez. That sounds crazy. I would dip. Uh, yeah, I tried. Um, I tried <laughs> to go fuck in a tent made of black plastic in the desert full of strangers. But there's an A-frame outside with rules on it. And one is no pictures. Thank you. Yes. And the other is no singles. I was so bitter. Because yeah. it didn't say no single men. And I feel like you can't because that's discriminatory But too many single men. I mean, this is a bit. So I don't want to do it. No, but, but yeah. It's, you just went to the wrong orgy tent. I feel there like was I one did. like three geodesic domes over <laughs> that was, you know. The tent I love that satisfied me sexually Only was singles. porn and donuts. Okay. There, so there was a tent that just uh, fried donuts. With porn. Yeah. And it had like old French porn projected on a sheet. Fucking it was like great. 20s porn. But it was dirty as fuck. It was a bunch of ass stuff. It was great. That yeah. sounds great. Yeah. One of my favorite things that I ever saw was just a place that played safety videos. <laughs> <laughs> so like at like four or five in the morning, you know, <gasps> yeah. you go sit down and watch like Shaking Hands with Danger, which <laughs> is a video put out by the John oh Deere Tractor God. Company. And it's look. just all about ways that you can oh, lose, lose a leg. I know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I've seen a lot of railroad specific safety videos. Right. A guy just lost an arm and they, like the crazy the ones that they were making in like the 60s right people die they die as their children are being born because it always goes through their backstory right uh-huh. like you know joe was Wrong. a happy railroad worker until yep. like you know, he met nancy at the cafe one day and then he was even happier and they were expecting and then joe got careless shaking hands with and danger he's like limbless <laughs> joe's a stump he can't even hold his baby it's so scary yeah brought to you by john deere tractors <laughs> i would love to see that would be so was, soothing to me in that surreal like a, desert oh late night like all i want to do when i'm in hotels is watch svu oh man yeah all i, I when i, I found mean, that a forensic man, files gal but same same yeah mm-hmm, all i want mm-hmm. right it's all yeah so to find that at burning man in the desert i found my safe place yeah. like safety videos perfect i can let the you know fucking molly wear yeah. off and just <laughs> <laughs> chew gently on something in this mm-hmm. corner yeah just gum this popcorn yeah uh, the other thing that i saw that i loved out there so much was uh, the pickle saloon oh man the pickle people walked by all the time and we loved them mm-hmm. i drank a lot of pickle juice a More fucking than... cold pickle on a oh my god dusty desert day yes it's like god it's everything come down yeah mm-hmm. yeah you don't know how good it is mm-hmm. until you need it mm. needing a pickle is an odd state <laughs> But you'll find yourself there. You'll find it. (laughs) Uh, 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 Fuck. fuck. I uh, ate way too many mushrooms at Burning Man and came to um, next to the toilets. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. That was an unpleasant experience. Not a, no. You you don't want your mind to wander near that environment. Mm -mm. The one thing I liked about the toilets near where I was, uh, I went one year, 2012, uh, and I'm thankful my friends asked if I wanted to go because I never would have initiated it on my own. I'm also thankful I got like a, I I had been paid in the hundreds as a comedian, and the first time I got paid in the thousands, I immediately spent all of that money on Burning Man. So I don't know if I deserve any good fortune for the rest of all of my days, but nonetheless, that's a choice I made. Um, And it was so banana. All I did, I don't know. It was an odd environment that I never expected myself to be. I hated it, and I can't wait to go back. Mm -hmm. Was like how I wound up there. Uh, or feeling there as i mentioned only single person with a whole mess of couples and that doesn't sound good uh yeah but i've heard that if you go with your significant other then like your lives are going to be different when you leave there together oh yeah you break up yeah i've heard a lot of that yeah, you break up after you leave or you get married or you get you, i don't you get know. pregnant and then you break yes, up later yes yeah it's all yeah 
I know how to do it. It's not a healthy place for couples. No, it doesn't seem to be. It's all about radical self-exploration. and. I was glad I did self-explore. Mm-hmm. I'm, I got. I brought a little folding bike, like a tiny old Italian one, and I would just go topless in a skirt through the desert with some dumb hat. And there was a the theme was fertility, and there was this bar called Eggs I kept like going to because the fancy bitch I was like made jam and shit. So I would bring a little booze, but mainly mixers for the bar because they like to do fancy drinks. So I would just show up with some weird like I don't know. I have a cassis stirrup I thought might be handy in the desert, like just weird shit I brought. Awesome. It was only useful there. It was nice in the barter economy world to figure out where you barter what you barter is useful mm-hmm. like you're you know you wind up going to where what you offer is of use which is a relieving feeling because that feeling of like offering the wrong thing you know i baked you a cake i hate this flavor is a terrible feeling <laughs> wow hi sorry uh, no yeah. this is amazing like i just i've never been so when oh. i hear about like you coming with like a bunch of syrups and things knowing that you'll find your place that like this is your community i assume that was for the camp my plan was to just stay as close to camp and cook for the people around me as possible you can't really have fire like i figured out a way to like warm food i just did what i always do i use food i camp with these folks before and i had done stuff like cook ribs in the fire pit for like 12 hours or like when I'm camping, I get, like core out oranges and then throw brownie batter in it and wrap it in foil and put it in the fire. It's super easy, but it makes like a chocolate orange souffle. That... They just made someone crash their car while they're listening. <laughs> I to know. This. Like what? <laughs> it's a good hack. It's really easy, and then you save the scooped out orange for either juice or your fruit or whatever. Um, but it's super good. That sounds so great. I made those for a bunch. Like I had already done fancy f- like camp food, like food wizardry. So I just assumed I'd trade on that as a personality again at at burning man but they were interested in burning man and like better at it so they would go away and go as couples which i think i only got really mad about once but i definitely sobbed in the desert about being lonely Mm. Um, yeah that's the fucking you have to i got i remember the newspaper on like wednesday or thursday they have that newspaper there's a central city area where you can i think the two things you buy are coffee and ice Mm -hmm. right and then they put out a paper, and there's like a mic there that's like a constant open mic, giant, beautiful structure. So I'm reading the paper. It's the middle of the week, and the top of it, it's like, there's a headline. I guess they call it a, a headline. Uh, <laughs> it's like, so you don't want to be here anymore. Uh-huh. And it, it, it it's like a direct letter to like the person who's had it. Whatever it is for you. Are you hungover? Did you get too high? Are you lonely? Did you fuck? Did you not fuck? Whatever your reason is, by now you felt it. Mm-hmm. And long, what the or- like the advice that I took from the article was like, go to the far perimeter fence. If you picked up the paper, you're in the thick of things. So walk all the way out to the perimeter. It's built on this like half circle where the people are on the bottom. The yard is on the top, so to speak. I don't know if the bottom and top. Anyway, but there's a space that's just like art, nothing, and then fence. Go to the fence. You can leave. Leaving is on the other side of the fence. If you want to be here, then take a minute to figure out why and what it's all about and then turn around and come back for that stuff. But just walk to where you feel like you could go. Like that's the line. The other, the rest of the world is out there. It was wildly refreshing. Like I turned around like, oh, I know why I'm here. I lost it for a minute and I'm here for another half of this. That sounds like a long time. <laughs> um, it was a good recentering. Hmm. it's a challenging environment it's spectacle and spectacle is beautiful and disgusting Hmm. it was like a gross it's like coming capitalism into the desert it's cool that you pick it up when you're done but you're just like it's just money 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 and then you get there and you're like we don't have any money here (laughs) like bitch your goggles cost two (laughs) hundred dollars you're in like sparkly get it you didn't buy your glow sticks like you're covered in money like mm. the year I was there, it was very Wall Street inspired because of the Occupy stuff. They built a Wall Street. They built That's a giant crazy, and they put a big bowl in it. Huge wooden structures, like to scale, stories high. And then Friday, I think, was the day before they burned the man. They lit it all on fire. I'm like. I, I was appalled. I was so furious that whole night because that's so rich of you. What beautiful art that you're burning in the desert. How much money, how much money is that? I'm literally hungry, so it makes me personally bitter. But I've been to like floorless homes without root. Like, what are you doing with your black Amex that you bought a bunch of plywood, dragged it to the desert on a flat belt, built it into something cool, and then fuck the man. Let's burn this shit down. The symbolism isn't global. It's for a closed audience. If you were making a statement on Wall Street 
or at a place that had a global audience, then hurrah to you for spending your money in some spectacular way. But you just came in the face of everyone trapped watching you here. Look how rich I like. The message was so backwards, and I'm sure they didn't see it. We hate banks. <laughs> like, honey, you've never opened a credit statement. I don't know why I'm making them all women. When I clearly see them all as men, but I was making a very whiny male voice. <laughs> I don't know. It just really made me mad, obviously. Yeah. At yeah. the time. But I felt feelings about it, and that's our, like that's an art thing, too, where like yep. all of us were here spending money. Like, I am part of it. it made me feel bad for being part of it. Mm-hmm. And that's worth, that's true. That is true. Thank you for coming to my house to record this podcast. You were two people who I know are great and have not spent time outside of basically one room with. So I was very eager. I am proud of this space and it is new to me. So I was eager to entertain here and get to see and hang out with you guys better. Something you weren't witness to, the microphones weren't here. And you, podcast listener, weren't privy to this interaction yet. But I was cutting the ribs that we ate earlier up um, with a big knife. And uh, I said a sentence um <laughs> mary jane's on the couch and glazer's standing or sitting nearby um <laughs> big knife large hunk of meat in my hand slowly slicing it and i just said the sentence oh so i guess we're best friends now huh <laughs> um it was to the dogs i was talking to the dogs but i looked up to Mary Jane on the couch who could not see the dogs and saw true terror. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And I understood, like, my intention was so pure. Like, I feel like I said it creepier because I was talking to dogs. I was just like, oh, you're my best friend now. Uh Like, I'm sure I went all in on it. You had a voice. And it was unsettling. If I was in your seat, I would have been, I would have been concerned. I'm sorry. (laughs) I was a little worried. (laughs) Like oh. every good horror movie has foreshadowing. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was like, I felt like a, I dropped a, a Chekhov's gun into the first act of this podcast that I don't want to pick up. I didn't even mean I don't have a gun. I'm not that kind of not. A, oh, no. It's for the ribs. <laughs> and now I'm mentioning guns. Listen, guys, uh, this has been a lot of fun, but run. Okay. Run! <laughs> we got to get out of here. Just kidding. I'm very safe from pretty mellow. And my backyard has really hard dirt, so. Yeah. Fucking... You can't take that up to hide us. No. no way. Oh. I just t- she might tuck us in the rafters. Maybe. Who or knows? grill us. Or you low, I'm low in temp. A garage, guys. You low let's temp. Not, let's, we don't have to be that generous about where I live. So. Come on. You put us what, on a mansion? low temp. This is a concrete floor. I would. You can feel it. Anyway, if you find know. yourself defending where you can't hide the bodies, <laughs> <laughs> you've talked too much. Oh. That's podcast static. That's it. So. Yeah. That's also, wow. We went. With Jeff Dunham right into Jeff Foxworthy. Yeah, right. <laughs> Phenomenal. You know you're a terrible podcast. No, I think this went relative as well as a rib-soaked person could have done. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun. Is there anything? Is that it? Do I need to do anything? I don't, I don't know why do. I'm, I don't know. You don't need to do anything. You can plug what whatever you expectations? want. Oh, ju- oh uh, June yeah. 28th, we both have a show in the Improv Lab, and it would be great if somebody wanted to go to mine. It's called The Laboratory. I love it. I think it's really funny. The lineup's going to be splendid. Um... There's already some sweet surprises. Why don't you find them on uh, Robot Caitlin at the Twitter and on the Instagram. I am Caitlin is tall, all one word, spelled just like you think it is, except for the Caitlin, which is confusing. But just guess. You'll find me. My website's CaitlinGuildComedy.com. I perform all over. Please find me in your city. It'd be great to see you. And if you were like, I heard you on a podcast, I'd smile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Because you crush. I'm just going to say. I'm not bad at comedy. Yeah, right? I can say that. You're I one of the first first performers I saw when I moved to LA. Really? Like within the week, the first week I moved to LA. That is an honor. Do you first. remember where? Yeah, it was at. Um, is it called Nerd Melt? It was yeah. that um, movie you guys did the craft. Oh God, yeah, that and was were, really fun. It was fucking great. We have a new it, venue for that now. You should come and check it out. It's really fun. I loved it so much, and you weren't. I mean, it's scat. You know, it's like yeah. improv. Yes. So I, I saw you improvise before I ever saw you do stand up, and then I think funny. I saw you on Beth Hoyt's show, maybe. Oh or, yeah, like, yeah. But I, it was interesting. Like, I was oh, immediately. Oh, Archie. Oh, it's okay. Archie just discovered there's it. also a cat here. Anyway. And honestly, that is an alarming thing for a dog to figure out this late into a visit. So I sympathize <laughs> with that his, cat. his concern. But yeah, um, I uh, f- found you early on when I moved to Los Angeles. That's amazing. I'm so your work ever since. So. Well, I'm glad we finally met for real. And yeah. on what a night we met. Uh, that is another story for another day. I feel like. Uh, yeah. What? The night where I actually got to know everybody. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't know you at all. No. And you had worked at the Improv, and I was afraid, I'm was i afraid of everybody I meet at comedy clubs because if you're staff, I never m- know your name, and you always know mine. 
Yep. And I also knew you were a comedian, but only saw you there. Yep. So it is doubly humiliating to have to ask for a name like three years and then running into someone where it's like, I know, but we haven't outside of, and they say uh-huh. mine last, and I just, we haven't. I haven't seen, I don't know. But I have a beard, Caitlin, and I'm straight and I'm white. Are you sure you can't remember I don't know, who I am in the comedy scene? I don't know, could you put on a checkered button up so I could just really get you distinct? Yeah, sure. And I'll also be wearing jeans all the time, but Perfect. I only own one pair. Can and you I don't wear some them. new balances that are five years old? Yes. Thanks. Excellent. Can you talk about how, uh, what kind of girl you should have? Yeah. Well, but I'm only going to do it after five minutes about my dick. Awesome. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay, guys, I'm calling it. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, everybody. Thanks, everyone.